Hello, everyone. This is Zorina Dimitrova uh, from the healandlearn.com website platform for consultations with specialists in mental, spiritual, and life well being, and also for the Grow and Learn podcast. Uh, do check it out on all the major platforms. One of the topics that you wanted us to talk about more was relationships. So here we are Sherry Foos, licensed um, therapist and uh, founder of the Narrative Method. Uh, I'm going to read you a little bit more about her, if you give me a second, or shall I let you introduce yourself rather, Sherry? <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. first, thank you for having me. It's such a privilege that cannot be overlooked that here we are thousands of miles away, able to connect beautifully in real time. And you know what? For that my life is blessed today. So thank you. I really, really love this. Yeah. Um, thank you too. Just to say that you're in San Francisco and I'm in Bulgaria right now. Actually, uh, Los Angeles. Los Angeles. But in San Francisco oh. state of mind, whatever that would be. <laughs> right. Uh, so yes. yes, I am a marriage and family therapist. Um, I founded the Narrative Method. Um, I'd already been a therapist and then I went back um, 10 years ago and I studied a field called narrative medicine, which was conceived as a way to teach empathy to doctors. And the way doctors learned em empathy was through reading literature and identifying with characters. So I was very moved by this work because it's steeped in social justice. And I have worked with groups my whole life and been very, um, very uh, um, inspired and influenced by what happens when a group of people, even if they don't know each other, come together and share their real stories. And in essence are saying, you know, like this little thing bothers me or this tremendous thing, you know, has really been a problem in my life. And inevitably when you're being real, people get it because we all have these kinds of struggles and simply being reminded of that makes you feel 50% better. You're not alone. You're not the most screwed up person you ever met. Promise there's always, you know, either you on another day or someone else. We don't have to have a competition with our struggles, but we do need to make friends with them. Mm -hmm. So, so there's something in your bio that uh, really drew my attention. It was about peeling the onion of um, all the narratives that we've been fed throughout our lives. Um, is this the process, how you peel the onion by letting people tell their stories? Or is there something more to it? Well, what is the well, process? <laughs> I, I, I love that you put that together in such a very simple um, explanation because there. I wouldn't have thought to, to say it like that, but that, that is quite true. So as we get to know ourselves better through maybe journaling, through therapy, through talking to friends, there's no one way that's essential. There's no practice that is, you know, the answer for everybody or even ourselves throughout our lives necessarily. All of this healing comes with starting with self-compassion because until we can be compassionate with ourselves and what we've gone through and the ways we've invented right or wrong to compensate for our pain and fears and failure, we just got here, you know? Nobody's that experienced at life. It's very trial and error. So kind of start your day 
with an appreciation that you did figure out whatever you did. You're here now. And the truth is, if you open yourself up, if you open that process of what it has meant to become yourself in your life to someone else who's also willing to meet you in a, just a, a real undefended place, that is one of the biggest thrills that life has to offer. Mm -hmm. We were hardwired for story. We need stories. We need our own stories. We need different understandings of the things that have happened in the past in order to make sense of who we are and to keep ourselves on track and to check with what we have learned and assimilated and agree with about what it means to be human, about what it means to own a life and how we can bring meaning and purpose to manifesting whatever our passions and skills are. Mm -hmm. And it's so easy, even though our problems as a result of all the alienation we've had are so complicated. Mm -hmm. I, I liked it that you that you started with the morning look up in the mirror because in the end you start or in, at the beginning, it is you. You start with yourself. And in your bio also, you mentioned about all the false narratives um, that we are fed throughout our whole lives from artificial intelligence, all the messages, social media, uh, popular culture. How do we change the narrative to ourselves? Because we still, we still tell, um, tell ourselves these stories. Absolutely. I, I think that the way to change the narrative is with compassion. Like, in other words, if you put part yeah. of yourself saying, shouldn't have done that, I never do it. I suck. I would, you know, whatever. <laughs> Don't yell at that part. That yeah. part's acting like that because it was yelled at. So if you appreciate that those negative loops in your head that tell you how much you can't do that and who do you think you are and blah, 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 those are sort of loose ends hanging from things people put into you. Mm -hmm. Nobody starts off putting themselves down, but we become very good at continuing it. So when you become aware, and it takes a lot of um, uh, consciousness to stay aware because these kinds of messages don't always come to us in complete sentences. It might just be a feeling or, or you know, a, a, a phrase or, or don't you think you should have, whatever that might be. So with real vigilance, every time you recognize that a negative thought has come into your mind and gotten in the way of what you're working on or thinking about or focusing on or trying to do, just stop, take a moment. You can always put your hand on your heart because this is a very quick Following. way. To <laughs> so you take your dominant hand and put it on your heart. And when you feel your heart beating, that's you're connected to yourself. And your dominant hand knows that this is me. I'm the boss. I'm the grown up here. And from inside, all the little fearful parts can relax because the grown up's got it. So the grown up can say, Come on, really? You suck. You've never done anything right. Is that completely true? Can you can you give me one example of where that wasn't true? So in other words, soothe that part. It's coming up because it feels afraid. Mm -hmm. So be a good mommy, okay, or a good daddy, whatever, you know, 
okay. I mean, I get that you're afraid, but that's not true, honey. Mm-hmm. That's not true. So you stop it and you correct the thought. It's like if you were editing. So I like to think of, imagine if you could get all of your thoughts in, on any one thread un, unwound. There it is. It's a scroll on your, on your screen. You could see, uh, I'm, I'm, on this day, I'm going to do this. This is my goal, but, but you're an asshole. What? <laughs> Realize that in the midst of your clarity and focus and professionalism and intention, there are lots of these debilitating negative thought loops. So when we can slow ourselves down to recognize them, first of all, no, everybody has them. It's not just about you. When you recognize it, just give it a hug or soothe it or correct it, but you must stop because Every time you see it, it's like, um, it's like a stoplight. Another car is coming. You've got to stop and let it, let it sort of integrate with where it belongs, which is out of your desktop. Mm-hmm. And let's say we, we've sort of managed to, um, to stop. <laughs> Although semi-managing to stop is maybe not the appropriate thing to do, but let's say we've managed to stop temporarily. And for now, we've saved ourselves from the passing car. Um, And then how do we communicate using this method to the car next to us? So the kinder you are to yourself, you may notice the kinder you are to other people because Mm -hmm. we're we're just so hard on ourselves. Um, So the more you do it, the quieter those fears become because they're, they're, they're being grown up, if you will. It's like, think of something um, being stunted in its growth at, in a certain time and place. So you're giving it um, the correct information, the positive information, it gets quieter and you have fewer doubts about that particular thing. But this is not to say that this work is ever done. And that's one of the things that makes us so frustrated because we think we already dealt with that. And we did, but our brains are so thankfully complex and intricate that it takes time for all parts involved in one thought process to upgrade. Mm-hmm. Think of it almost like an assembly line. It takes a while to get to the end of the, uh, you're, you're good. You can go back to sleep now, you know, but if you think about some of those kinds of fears that you've overcome since childhood. Some people were painfully shy during childhood and just get over it or whatever those kinds of things are. We all have some things. Just understand that it's from soothing and practice and moving forward with what you're trying to do despite the negativity. Mm -hmm. And it eventually comes into line. And it's really the same way we work on relationships with other people. We stay with it. We try and express it another way. We give it air and, um, and we grow and we come back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, I agree. Consciousness is, uh, you know, top priority in dealing with yourself and with others. But are there any specific tools that one can use? Uh, because being conscious is easy to say, but people don't know how to be conscious. So what are some specific tools that we can give them something to hold on to? Mm-hmm. In wait, addition, wait, wait. Yeah. 
when, when such negative uh, talk arises. Exactly. So in addition to the hand to heart, which mm-hmm. honestly you could do all day long in mm-hmm. any place, nobody in any social context is going to say like, why is that person holding their heart? You know? Yeah. Um, so that's one practice. Another practice is if somebody says something that pushes your button, rather than going to a defensive place of, you know, why did they do that? Or that, that was mean, take a step back and see if you can work it out within yourself. In other words, put yourself in their shoes. How else might they have meant that? And sometimes people do have bad intentions Mm -hmm. and we should be protecting ourselves from those kinds of relationships as best we can. I mean, sometimes there are people in our lives. So it's not like there's magic and just be peace and love and everything will work out. There's complexity. So you ask for tools. Another incredible tool in journaling is this, and we offer free um, writing groups every, every week. Um, and we're adding more and more all the time. So people can come and, and sort of get um, a deeper connection with what's going on with you. And then afterwards, everyone shares with other people. And it's really exciting to see how different people will take the same prompt. I mean, it's, it's just fascinating because we all are relating new associations to old experiences, to our stories. So that would be a second thing, would be to write to yourself. Sometimes you can write a story that is just really bothering you, very unresolved, very unfulfilling. You you feel that the person doesn't understand, but you can write your story and then invite yourself to write it from someone else's perspective. Oh, that's interesting. And when you do that, you will just see something you would, even though it's still you writing it, you will see something you might not have. And it's not that things get fixed just because we have clarity. But what does happen is clarity expands our perspective. When your perspective is expanded, you instantly realize that this thing that has been bothering me is just a piece of the universe. It's not as important, even if it is important, it's not as important as my entire life. When I broaden out and see this. So so a negative thought loop keeps you in a very tight box. There's no room to move. You don't get fresh ideas. Mm -hmm. Another perspective. Think about looking through a kaleidoscope where, wow, all of a sudden there are zillions of ways to see the same thing. They're all true, but they're different. Once you do that, you instantly get a new take on what you've been dealing with in the moment. Mm-hmm. that's another really good tool awesome i was just specifically interested i was hoping you would mention that uh, creative dreaming because i didn't know what you mean by that and one of the tools that uh, you had uh, mentioned in your bio was using creative dreaming what is creative dreaming well is this I, daydreaming or night dreaming it's somewhere in between it's mm-hmm. uh, I, I call it wonderland okay. so um if you think about meditation, mindfulness, yoga, any kind of personal internal process that you do as a way of shutting out the noise and going deep inside. Well, Wonderland is specifically designed to 
invite your creativity to come on board so that you are just relaxing. Think of yourself as like laying in bed with your arms supported and your legs supported. And you're kind of just like a floating imagination. And you can follow random thoughts that will come up or you can decide to focus on something, maybe develop an idea. And if you want, keep a pen and pad nearby, or if you want to do it on you know, your phone or computer, that's fine too. But as an exercise of getting you out of your patterns of thought. So if you, if you could imagine how many memories, how many random associations are available in your mind at any time, theoretically, but how do we get there? How do we change the screen? How do we get to something completely new? And it's one thing is, is with permission. And the other is just agreeing with yourself that for a period of time, five minutes, an hour, whatever you want to do, I'm just going to let go of the sense of responsibility and just go exploring on an adventure. And if you do it for the just the entertainment of it, How do you go wrong? I mean, you're just playing in your own imagination. If you're doing it to develop an idea or to work on something, it may have a slightly different quality. But I can tell you that for me, first of all, I always have pen and paper next to me when I'm sleeping. And whether it's an idea that uh, arises in a state of wonderland or sleeping or any other time, I write everything down. And then when you look tomorrow and see all the things that you wrote down in excitement because they were so brilliant, like not that many are brilliant, but guess what? If one is brilliant, if one takes you to the next level, that's wonderful. So rather than having to judge and assess if this is valuable, know that it is profoundly good for your body and your mind to have short burst of real relaxation. In other words, you're just turning off, you're bringing down your breathing and your heart rate. If that was all you were providing for yourself, it would be very well worth it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, other- I, I teach the heal and learn method, which is based on the silver method. And so we go in alpha and what you're talking about resembles pretty much the looking for answers um, section of the silver method, which allows you to reach um, solutions and answers that you couldn't have reached otherwise with a uh, awakened state of mind. I mean, while you're I completely awake. Sure. Um, yeah. So we have three amazing tools now <laughs> from the narrative method. And um, I, was, I was just wondering, because this method is not simply used for love relationships, it's used across all kinds of relationships, right? Sure. So, so how do you use this method um, in a, a professional setting without um, sounding or looking too uh, familiar with the other person? Good question. Um, in a professional setting, the first thing um, we really just have to acknowledge is that every relationship is a relationship. And whereas in a work environment, you may not really feel safe with everybody. You may not really like everybody. And you should always allow yourself to listen to those feelings. Sometimes later on, we get to know somebody and we think, I was so wrong, but that's okay. If your inclination 
is to not open up to somebody. I, I just can't say enough about listen to yourself. Mm-hmm. When and if you feel safe, you'll open up. That's it. Nothing in the work that we do with companies or individuals is ever mandatory. But what we do is we design spaces for people to share their stories. We do written groups and we do spoken conversational groups. And in both cases, we're going to look at something experiential. It could be a video, it could be a piece of art, a big idea, something that we all experience together in real time, even though we're online or maybe we're live, but we might just be in a Zoom. And based on that, you'll get a prompt. And that prompt will take this experience somewhere else a little bit. And that prompt becomes an invitation to think of how it relates to is there a time? when you know you felt lonely that somebody showed up for you mm-hmm. i just made that up so then people will go into their groups if it's a conversation group and share a story like that and that's a very deep personal memory and it doesn't have to inherently be an incredible unforgettable story mm-hmm. but when you share that human experience people get it And we lift each other by reminding each other of the wonderful outcome that just that will give us. Just somebody looking at you, caring to understand what you're saying, someone wanting to see you. So when you are in a professional situation, doing a group, and some groups are are tailored for uh, different purposes, but let's say it's just an all company group. And you may be in a breakout with, with folks that you do or don't know so well. But typically, when we tell a story like that, it's not inherently vulnerable in a dangerous way. Uh You may feel like, again, for whatever reason, you don't want to tell it, don't tell it. Absolutely. But if you start to experience what happens in the group as one by one, people share these lovely stories of their lives or difficult stories, the group starts to bond because they're having an experience with each other. Uh It's an emotional experience of empathy. When we can engage our empathy, we feel whole. The other person feels great, absolutely, but we feel whole because if you're helping somebody work something through by your presence, you're not fixing anything, you're just listening, you feel good about yourself because you see that impact, you Mm -hmm. see they feel good. And those are the kinds of things that build up our reservoir to help those negative thought loops relax over time. No, I'm not a worthless jerk. I just made somebody feel good about themselves simply from being open to hearing their experience. So would you say that the other, would you say that the other way around it, it is also true. So if you share your experience, experience with others in a group setting, you also feel better about yourself or is it more when you listen? No, it's both. It's absolutely both. And look, again, nothing is perfect. Sometimes you might open up a story and just feel like, I didn't really, I don't feel complete. I didn't say everything I want to say. And maybe or maybe not at this moment, you have an opportunity to say more. Mm 
Mm -hmm. It's always an invitation to yourself to realize, you know what? I think I need to go back and look at this one thing, or I have to call somebody that was involved in that, whatever that is. As long as we're not looking for perfection, we all want, we want like, I just have to get through this and then I'll be done. We all want that. Mm -hmm. I want to be done, but there's no done, done. There's only dead. So (laughs) while you're alive, maybe take the fact that there are always new challenges as an opportunity to refine yourself. And you won't feel like that every day, but that's okay. So I think there's a way that we can accept the frustrations that we experience by realizing A, we are not alone. It's not because we're frustrated or we have unfinished business or this bummer happened to us and that's been a liability. Everybody, everyone you admire, everyone whose life seems perfect in the ways that yours is not struggles with the same stuff. Mm-hmm. Is this a method that you developed yourself or is there some, um, what, what is the background of the narrative method? Is there some research done on it or, or did you develop uh, it, I developed it, um, but with lots of training, um, yeah. I studied psychotherapy. I, you know, did that mm-hmm. whole thing for many years. Mm-hmm. I studied narrative medicine. Yeah. Um, I have also been a writer and a performer my entire life. And that's mm-hmm. probably where I hone my skills about working with groups and making groups feel safe. Um, and it, it just taking in a lot of different influences and what I've learned from myself and the clients I've worked with over the years and the thousands of people in the narrative method in the last eight years, it's, it's, I'm so confident and mm-hmm. the research is there. First of all, we were researched by Cal State Northridge and found, you know, that the work that we're doing is very, very potent. Yeah. Um, but now in 2022, we have something we didn't have in the past, which is in the past, psychology was kind of like an opinion. Mm-hmm. You believed it or you didn't believe it. Now we have hard science. We have fMRI machines. We have real uh, methods of experimentation. And we know for a fact that when a doctor has eye contact with the patient, when a doctor cares about who the person is, about learning about their story, The patient follows the protocols better. They get better faster. Mm -hmm. So just taking those two things, and there is a ton more research than than those kinds of examples. Think about it. Mm -hmm. We were designed to live in communities. Right. Those communities, especially when they're small enough, can kind of keep an eye on everyone. What's happened now as these communities are so huge is that people fall through the cracks. And in falling through the cracks, um, we don't always know how to lift each other up. This is a way to do that. So Sherry, that was amazing. I would like to finish with a testimonial from one of your clients. Here's what she says. Hmm. The narrative method is highly innovative and remarkably applicable across multiple sectors. It brings an entirely new methodology in fostering significantly improved communications, teamwork, and morale. The results are both immediate and striking. And this is from Adlai Wertman, founding director in Brittingham. 
USA, yes. Yes, uh, USA. Adelaide, mm. uh, I said she, but I could be also a male. That, I wasn't sure. Yes, he's a man. Yes. Yeah. Uh, no, that's, that's, uh, that acknowledgement means a lot because his work has been so incredible in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Great. Thank you so much. It was a, an amazing conversation, really eye-opening. Thank you very much for sharing these tools with us. Uh, where can people find you if they need a consultation or group work uh, for their companies? You can go to the narrativemethod.org. Um, you can contact me at info at the Um, you can get our cards. We created cards so that anybody can put together groups. You don't need a license to use your humanity. You can get them on our website and you can sign up for our free zoom-ins, which we have every week. People come from all over the world. We would love to have you out there, whoever is thinking, wow, I wonder if I should do that. Do it. We would love to share your heart and with ours and wonderful people, wonderful ideas. And it's not hard to be who you really are when you're invited to do so. Great. We're moving towards a society with more consciousness and understanding and compassion for each other. Thank you you for showing up for the Grow and Learn podcast and healandlearn.com. And everybody do subscribe if you found this informational, entertaining or useful in some way. Thank you.